Well, good morning, Woodside. My name is Matt Sellers, and I am the student pastor here, and it is an honor and a privilege to be here on this Sunday morning. This is something that I don't take lightly, so I'm always thankful when uh, Pastor Jim taps me on the shoulder. And so uh, just for time, we're going to dive right in to Mark uh, chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and dive right there, Mark chapter 4. Uh, we're continuing our series called Thy Kingdom Come. And as I uh, was beginning to study for this, this sermon and this lesson, uh, the last time that we opened up to this passage was back in March of 15, March 15th, 2020. Does anyone remember, remember where you were at March 15th, 2020? Or maybe what was going on in the world, right? We were, we were in the midst of COVID, uh, and specifically, we're right at the start of, of lockdown, right, where we're like, everyone's at home. We're all kind of wondering what's going on in the world. And a lot of us, I'm sure, are asking questions because this is, this is something that none of us experienced, right? This is something completely new to every single one of us. And our life, have, as we knew it, kind of just halted, right? It, everything began to shift, and it brought a lot of unknowns and a lot of questions of, I mean, what's going on? in the world. What's going on? And right said at the beginning, we, we had this, this same uh, passage of scripture we looked at. And one of the things that we saw, and we're going to see today, that there was a storm that was happening. There was a storm that was happening. And, and the big push was that when we're in the storm, we were to remember that we're not alone, that Jesus was in the storm. And not only was he in the storm with us, that Jesus stood over the storm. And we looked at this, and we looked at a passage that, that kind of helped a lot in Colossians 1.16. It says, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him, and it finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence, and he holds it all together right up until this moment. And so as we dive in today, back into this passage, we're going to see this similar big idea, but it's this idea that Jesus reigns over all creation. And it's this reminder that I know I need to hear myself this morning. As just as Pastor Alex said, with everything going on in the world, especially the recent events in Israel, being reminded that Jesus is reigning over all creation and this is essential for us as believers. And the reality, we, we preach this back then and we preach it similar today, is it's a reminder to, to myself, I know, and hopefully a reminder to you, that we constantly be reminded of the word of God. That there's times in, in life in which we know what the word says, but oftentimes it doesn't mean we always practice or live it out. And wouldn't it be great if... I told my children, and for all of us who have children, the first time, hey, do this, and they just obeyed. Wouldn't that be great? It would be wonderful if, if, if our children listened the first time. But sometimes it's the same reality for us, is many times when it comes to following God, we allow our sin to creep in, and we rather trust in that than trusting in God or trusting in the plan and direction that he has for our lives. And so since March 2020, society's level of anxiety, right, or, or anxiety at times depression, it's, it's multiplied. And I work in student ministry, and this is something that I see time and time again, that there's these flare-ups within our student ministry and seasons 
where, where anxiety can cripple an individual. And the reality is, is since COVID, it's not just the youth that have been wrestling with this. It's, it's all of us. It's all generations. And according to the World Health Organization, since 2020, this increase of anxiety or fear has gone up roughly 25%. 25% in all of us. And although, you know, we can look back and be like, hey, we're on the other side of the pandemic, right? We've, we've made it out of that, and, and life for the most part has been, right, back to normal. There's still this looming anxiety that has affected many people. And many of the decisions that we still make today. And the reason I share this is because many times when we're anxious, many times when I'm anxious, what it does is it prevents me from feeling the hope that I can be found in Christ. And this is what I want to address today is that when we have faith, what it's going to do is we're going to see that it produces hope. And so if you're like myself, when, when it comes to anxiety, I often wrestle with the question, what if? Or, or maybe this is going to happen. Or, or in the midst of a, a storm or where life and chaos kind of creeps in, does anyone ever ask the question, man, what if this happens? Or maybe, maybe this is going to be the outcome. When I was a kid, it kind of reminded me of a story. Anyone ever watch Scooby-Doo? If you, right? if you watch Scooby-Doo, right, you know it's, it's similar to like the posture that Shaggy has, right? When he goes on any uh, mystery that they're solving, he's like the, the, the person who begins to shake, and he's like, hey, hey what, what if this happens? Or, or maybe there's going to be danger, or maybe, maybe this is going to happen, and you kind of get a glimpse of, you know, the fear and overwhelming anxiety that he has as a character. And although, you know, we're not solving mysteries, a lot of times we ask the same questions, and what if I can't pay my bills? Or how am I going to handle this medical diagnosis? Or man, what if, what if my marriage is not going to make it? Maybe this is going to be the outcome. And we ask these tough questions, and have you ever been there? And so as we look to the passage time and time again, we see Jesus show up into these circumstances where his disciples or people are ridden with anxiety. We're going to see how Jesus responds to them. And so if you have your Bibles, like I said, Mark chapter 4, verse 35, you can follow along with me. It says this. It says, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And the other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And the first thing that we're going to see here today is that he remains calm at peace. And this he that we're talking about is Jesus. That Jesus remains calm, and he's at peace. And so as we read through this passage, I kind of want to dive into it a little bit different because we, we can really go past this really fast if we don't read what's, what's being written here. But the first words that it says here, it says, on that day. And so let's kind of park on that for a moment. On that day, I mean, what has Jesus done leading up into this point? What has he done to kind of get him to the point where, hey, he's, he's ready to take a nap on a boat? 
But if you look at the text and look at really what we've been going through the past couple weeks here, you see that Jesus was most likely emotionally and physically drained. By that I mean, if you look back into a couple passages and before this, his mourning would have consisted of the Pharisees rebuking him. Right? If you look back a couple passages or a couple verses, you see that the Pharisees are, are, are calling Jesus essentially the prince of devils, that all his healing power and work is coming from Satan. It's not, it's not a fluffy accusation, right? It's not like a conversation with your friends where you can, you know, joke around, for instance, for myself, like in fantasy football, we could say, hey, who's the best player, who's the best team, and we can shake hands and walk away and everything's good. No, this is, this is an accusation that is heavy, and it comes with a lot of weight. As the Pharisees are the Jewish leaders at the time, their power and influence to the people, I mean, their words matter. And so when they're telling that this Jesus is being controlled by, by the prince of devils, right, this is a battle between light and darkness. Right, this is a tense accusation. And then from that, there's the conversation that we look back in the past couple weeks with his mothers and brothers that, that tried to save him and pulled him out of a, a situation. And he looks at his family and he's like, these are my brothers and these are my mothers, my brothers and sisters. And so there's tension there. So his tensions with the leaders, tensions there. And then he continues on. And even the past couple of weeks, we've looked at different um, parables. And then he begins to preach. He begins to teach the people. And it finally comes to this point where he's like, all right, we're going to go out. His disciples are, are, are gathering with him, and they took him on the boat. And one of the things that we have to remember in this passage is that Jesus is God, but although he's God, he, he's also fully man. He's fully man. And so because he's fully man and he emptied himself, that means that he has physical weakness. Right? He, need, he still needs to sleep. He still needs to eat. He still needs to rest. And as they finished, right, it says they finished teaching, they got into the boat, they shoved off into deep waters, and they left just as he was. And so it's, it, it's safe to assume that Jesus' physical tank Right after a long day, right, he was he was done. He was ready to rest. And so, as we begin to read this passage, though, what's interesting to me, as I was studying this, is that Jesus is asleep in the midst of a storm that begins to arise. That somehow, what is it that makes Jesus able to rest and find peace even in the midst of a storm? Where does he find his assurance? And it's pretty obvious that he finds his assurance in his father. That his peace is rooted in the will of God. And a passage that reminds us from this in the Old Testament, a proverb, in Proverbs 3 says this. It says, my son, do not lose sight of these things. It says, keep sound wisdom, discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. And they will walk on your way securely. And your foot will not stumble. Verse 24 says this. It says, if you lie down, you will not be afraid. And when you lie down, it says, your sleep will be sweet. And I love this Proverbs. And actually, this is very interesting. In the past couple weeks in student ministry, we have been going through Proverbs. And kind of looking at how Proverbs addresses the importance of godly wisdom. 
Godly wisdom kind of teaches us how to put it into practice and how to live it out. And this is a beautiful proverb because it's the posture that Jesus is having. That Jesus can find peace in the midst of the storm because his assurance is fully in the Father. It's fully in the will of God. Jesus' mind is focused on what is to come. And so in the midst of the storm, which we'll look at when his disciples begin to freak out, Jesus is calm. He has assurance of all things. And this is where I think at times we as humans begin to drift away. Because if we're not careful, when the midst of the storm comes for ourselves, it's really easy to take our focus off the Father. It's really easy for us to shift our focus on other things. I have two uh, kids, Hudson and Bo. Hudson's four, um, almost five, but he's four. Bo's two, and, and they're completely different kids. Uh, Hudson's much more calculated, right? He kind of thinks about his decisions before he does it. Where Bo is my, my wild child, where he just goes, right? If brother's on the couch, he's getting on the couch, and he's going to jump off no matter what, right? Doesn't matter if there's cushions down there, he, he's going. But Hudson's much more calculated and I can remember a time that kind of helps me understand this is the first time that I, I brought Hudson into a pool, right? He has the, the, the little floaty things that kids have. And I remember a hot day, right? It, it was amazing. It was cool. Bring him in the pool. And he's splashing. He's having fun. And it's this great thing. But then there's that moment in which he begins to drift away, right? He's just kind of learning to float. And then all of a sudden, his uncle jumps in the pool. And then the waves start happening, and, and they're splashing, and, and Hudson instantly goes into a moment of fear. Right? He starts to panic and realizes, where's dad? Right? I, I, I'm alone. I'm going to, you know, he's at the time two and a half learning this. I'm sure panicking, man, I, I'm going to die. Water's coming into my face. I'm freaking, he's screaming. Until that moment, I go over to him, and I grab him, and I pick him back up. And then he instantly begins to calm down. Why does he do that? Because he knows when, when I'm holding him, he, find he can have peace and assurance that I'm not going to let him go under. And the reality is it's the same thing with our father. But at times when, when the storm comes in, we try to be dependent on ourselves. Maybe looking to fix our own issues, our own problems, rather than being dependent on God the Father. And in the midst of those storms, we, we shift our focus off God at times because we're too concerned about the chaos that's happening over here. And so one of the challenges we see here first, I mean, are we dependent on God? Are we dependent on him in the midst of our own storms? Do we acknowledge that God sees all things, that he is there, and that he has the end of the story secure? And again, going back to the questions of what if and the maybes, in those moments where we're wrestling with those tough questions, have we allowed a barricade or, or something that blocks us from our view of the Father? Have we allowed the chaos, the disruption of life, to block us from seeing God? I think at times what I tend to do is in the midst of storms, is where do I turn my eyes to? 
How many times, I, I, I'm guilty of this, have, have I turned to, you know, Google or social media or like, hey, this is going on. How can I fix this? What, what should I do? And kind of looking for others for advice. Well, I think there, there's some wisdom in that. A lot of times I, I, I treat that as the wisdom. Instead of going to God's word or, or praying to him and saying, God, I know you're in control. Give me peace. Help me understand. And I say this to my students often, right? But if we let our wisdom be driven by Instagram reels and our TikTok influencers and the people that we follow, we're going to miss the wisdom that we find in God's word. And we're going to miss the assurance that it, it speaks to us. A couple of examples of this. In Isaiah 41, verse 10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Matthew 28, 20, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And it continues, Paul tells it in Romans 8, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. It continues later, it says, set your mind on uh, to set your mind on flesh is death, but to set your mind on the spirit the key word is life and peace. Life and peace. And so the reality is, at times, we, we all get worked up when there's chaos, disruptions, at times anxiety that happens within our life, a lot of unknowns. But the first thing that we see is, although we're anxious, Jesus is not. Jesus is calm. He's standing there with us. And as we're going to continue to look at this next point, is that Jesus has peace is because he has all authority. That he has authority over all things. And so how does Jesus respond to this circumstance? Let's continue in verse 38. It says, And they awoke him, and they said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and he rebuked the wind and the sea, said, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. I mean, just picture that for a second, like in the boat, right? And in the boat and, and the waves are coming. I don't know if you've ever been in a boat in a storm. It's, it's pretty scary, but like these aren't like the boats we have today, right? The old wooden boats. So when a storm comes and there's, there's a good chance that you're going over. There's a good chance that you may not make it out. And so when this, these storms come, the wind comes, the disciples are frantic. They're freaking out. And they ask this question, which is, which is kind of interesting, the tone of it, because this is Jesus, right, who they spent time with. They've seen him do pretty amazing things up until this point. And they say, teacher, essentially, do you not care that we're going to die? Like, God, do you not care about Jesus? Do you not care about us? And Jesus arises and he rebukes it. But it makes me wonder how many times are we like the disciples? How many times do, am I like the disciples in this? In this when, when I a, approach a storm, do I ask God, where are you? God, where are you in all this? In my life circumstance, God, or, or this medical diagnosis that, that's tough, God, what are you, what's going on? 
We're a financial situation. God, are, are you really going to allow me to go through this? God, can you hear me? God, do you see me? Oftentimes we have this posture, and I think even for some of us, I know I've had this myself, is, God, I, I've seen you work over here. I've already seen you do this in the life of someone else. God, what about me? God, do you see me? And we wrestle with a very similar question. Teacher, do you see us? Do you care? And many times in the midst of a chaos, I think this is where we tend to, like I said, shift our focus off. And sometimes our faith gets challenged. Because if, if you're like me, like I grew up in the church. If you're like the disciples, you saw a lot of what Jesus did. But it doesn't mean that's always our first response to go to him. A lot of times we, we shift because we are sinners and we let the chaos drive us. We get lost in all the questions. We get lost in the unknowns. And we fail to practice what we hear, what, what Jesus is trying to teach us. And when we do this, we allow those anxieties to creep in, and our dependency no longer is on God, but sometimes our dependency is on, man, how can I get out of this? How can I change it? What can I do if I work harder? If I do these steps, man, will it change the outcome rather than going to God? First, and when we're in the midst of a storm, many times we shift our trust off of God and more into ourselves and how we can wrestle and handle the circumstance. As it continues, it says, Jesus wakes up and he rebukes creation. Just think about that picture for a, a moment. There's a midst of a storm. Jesus arises and he said, peace be still. It makes me think, anyone ever go up north um, and go out onto like the lake in the summer in the morning where it's just like glass, right? That beautiful calm. And I love that. I love whenever I get an opportunity to go up north for, for a weekend or a week, and I love going out in the morning and just sitting in that, just the beauty of the calm, the sun's rising, cool summer morning, you got your coffee, everything is just quiet. It's still Everything is peaceful. And this is what happens. Then in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the, the unknown for these disciples, Jesus awakes and he rebukes creation. Right? It's not, not just a person. He, he rebukes the earth. It says, peace, be still. And it listens. This is not the first time that God shows power over creation. Similar story back in Psalms 107, verse 23, it says, some went down to the seas and ships doing business on the great waters. It says, and they saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. It says, for he commanded and raised the stormy winds, which shifted up the waves of the sea. And they mounted up to heaven and they went down into the depths. And then it says, their courage melted away in the evil plight. It says, they reeled and staggered like drunken men where they were at their wit's end. And then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And it says, he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still. And the waves of the sea were hushed. 
And then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. And I don't want us to miss this point this morning, and this reminder that you and, you and me, we are created. We sit under the rule and reign of, of Christ, that we are created beings. We are a part of this creation story. And this means as Jesus rules and reigns over the wind and the sea, he rules and reigns over you and my life. And in the midst of the storms, we must be reminded who has ultimate authority. And it's Christ. why, there we go, can't give you the specific answer why, it makes me wonder that in this specific story, if they didn't have this storm, would the disciples begin to understand who this Jesus was? That in the midst of this storm, in a moment of fear and chaos, would these disciples understand who has ultimate authority? Would they realize that in the midst of a moment where they think that, that life is coming to an end, that they're going to sink and maybe this is it, would they need this storm to realize who really was in control? Who really had power over all things? And so the reality that we see here is that Jesus does have that authority. And the reality is in, in, in this time, the world was rebuking Jesus. I mean, look to today. The world continues to rebuke Jesus. I mean, even his followers at times wrestled with the idea of what it meant to follow Jesus. At times denied Jesus, right? At times questioned what Jesus was doing. I mean, it's not so shocking that even further in Mark chapter 9, God reminds his people to listen to this Jesus. In Mark 9, 7, it says, this is my son whom I love. You need to listen to him. And so there's this question that if we're not bowing to the authority of Christ in the midst of a storm, if we're not trusting our heavenly father, then the question is, what are we trusting in? What are we trusting in? What authority are we submitting to? The reality of the way, this, this way of life often leads to death. And, the re, and I think one of the great challenges that our society wrestles with is that, you, that you're in charge of your own destiny. Right? I mean, I don't know how many, like, Disney movies or, or like, all these, like, all these new movies that are coming up. Like, hey, it, you, you live how you want to live. Right? You're in control. You make the decisions. 
right? You get to choose the outcome of the story. If you put in the work, you put in the time, you'll get all the things that you want. You get everything. But that's not always the case, is it? Because it's a shifting of a focus that all authority is now on ourselves when the reality is that all authority is not on our shoulders. But it's on the one who's given us life. All authority is on Christ. And so the challenge is, are we listening to that authority? And again, I, I use an illustration because as I've learned having kids, it's like one of the easiest ways to get illustrations. And it's also very practical in, in my own life of just seeing how things play out. But it's a very similar story of, man, when I tell my kids, hey, don't do something. And they're like, why? I'm like, because I have the best interest for you. Like, when I'm outside, I was working this past um, couple weeks on a project. And, you know, I have my ladder out and I'm trying to, you know, cut some two-by-fours over here. And my kids keep trying to climb up on this ladder. Right? And one's, like I said, four and two. And it's like, you can't climb up on the ladder. Like, you're going to fall. You're going to have an incident. And, and what's their response? As, as little children, they laugh and they do it anyways. Right? I mean, how many times is that our response to God? Not, not that we just laugh at him, but I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to try to do it my way. Even though we're called to follow him and trust in him, we let these, these areas in our life kind of take root and take hold. And this is where we begin to wrestle with anxiety. We begin to struggle. And so the things that we've seen so far is that in the midst of the storm, Jesus is calm. He has peace. We see that he has all authority as he rebukes creation. And finally, he leaves us with a challenge. As he challenges his disciples. And the thing, third point we see today is that he challenges us to live in fearless faith. He challenges us to live in fearless faith. Mark, 40, Mark 4, 40 says, he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? It says, and they were filled with great fear. And they said to one another, who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? So there's a couple questions for us to kind of think through this morning. The first comes from Jesus. He says, why are you still afraid? Do you still have no faith in all that you've seen? And it makes me kind of look back on the previous chapters of what has the disciples seen? They've seen some pretty amazing things. They've seen Jesus heal multiple times. They've seen him do all these miraculous miracles and preach this good news. But in the midst of their own chaos and their own worries, they quickly lose focus on who they're following and they let their faith drive them. And so Jesus challenges them, the same challenge to us. Why are you so afraid? Have you no faith in all that I've done? And then the question that the disciples really begin to ask themselves, which again is kind of, to me, I just wrestle with this. After all they've seen, they said, who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey them. 
they get a glimpse, another glimpse that this Jesus is not just man, but he has all authority, that he is God, that he has authority over all creation. I hopefully, it's a good reminder to us today of who is in control. We need to be reminded of this. And the beautiful picture of this is that we have the whole story, right? We have the start from end. And we get to see time and time again the faithfulness of Jesus showing up, ultimately to the point where he went to the cross to fulfill his mission, to die on the cross, but not to stay dead, but to raise again three days later for you and I that we could have a relationship with him, that when we're in the midst of these storms, where are we putting our trust in? We're putting our trust in the, in the God that came down to earth to die for us because he loved us, who has authority over death that rose again and offers the same power to us as we saw in Romans through his spirit. Are we trusting in that? Are we reminded about the faithfulness of God that he showed to us time and time again when he extends his mercy to us? When he extends his forgiveness to us? That he, that he loves us, that he shows us care, he shows us compassion, he shows us his strength, and he offers us salvation. And so the question is, then what is there to fear? And hopefully... You find that comforting today. That all authority is given to Christ. And as we previously looked at this passage in March 15th, that Jesus was in the storm with us. And not only was he in the storm, he stood over the storm. And he guided us through. Just as he continues to stand in the own storms that each and every one of us face, in the own chaos at times where we feel lost maybe hopeless, moments of depression, where anxiety becomes crippling, understanding that Jesus is still there, still standing, still ruling over all of it. And what we're called to do is to trust him, to follow after him. When we can begin to have this posture and seek him and have a relationship with him, it says he will offer us peace. We see in Proverbs chapter 3, he offers us peace, that Jesus is with us in the storm. And so the question is, are we willing to acknowledge and trust in him? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for this truth. God, I thank you for this wisdom. That even in the midst of this, God, a lot of times, Lord, I know at times it may be easy to hear this, but it's not always easy to live it out. But God, I pray for this reminder today that it reigns true in all of our lives, Lord, that we can find our peace in you. God, in the chaos of this world, what's going on, like I said, in society today, Lord, in Israel, in our own lives here, God, there's just so much. There's so much that can pull our attention off of you. There's so many what-if questions we could ask. God, maybe this will happen. And there's so many ways for us to give into our fear and shift our focus off of you rather than giving it to you. 
God, I pray for that this morning, that that can be our posture as we enter this time of worship. Lord, if there's anything within our lives that we need to just give over to you, if there's anything that's just causing us turmoil, God, I pray that we can just lay them at your feet. We know that you are a God that loves us. You are a God that stands over the storm. And for any of us in this room that just need to feel that assurance this morning, God, I pray for that. I pray for that peace. God, we thank you that you see us, that you love us. Thank you for your son. Pray this in your name. Amen.